Greetings, Wargamers. We're your hosts, Trevor, Jay, Josh, and this is Shane Attack. Attack. is sponsored by Discount Games Incorporated. Discount Games Incorporated specializes in customer service, low prices, and prompt shipping. You can find our web store at www.discountgamesinc.com. Welcome to Chain Attack. I'm your host, Trevor. And for those that were held in suspense, Josh does have Game Pass. He just doesn't have Ultimate. <laughs> and to be fair, what that really means is that my 10-year-old has had it. Yes. And that's your probably how he's played Minecraft the for the past two years. And I just am too old to pay attention. Ridiculous. Uh, See, you could remove his, his, his uh, access to minecraft just by shutting oh man i would i'll tell you what though the instant that happened is he would turn into that um what's the joke about uh we've been trying to reach you about your car's extended (laughs) like my son can be that when you know when you remove the right things from him oh my gosh so yes minecraft is available via game pass like if you don't have minecraft that's how he's getting it oh no we have it i'm pretty sure that's part of what i hate about minecraft slash you know darkly respect microsoft's corporate like you know evilness is like i freaking i think i've bought minecraft every way that you can buy it (laughs) and i'm i'm actually i'm knocking on wood that i just said that because like i'm sure there's three new ways that just got invented to buy it well very nervous uh about that there's tons of Minecraft servers out there that are online that I'm guessing he probably joins and plays on. And if you took away Game Pass, he would immediately not be able to join them. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I got you. Well, maybe I'll just find a way to benefit from myself and get Starfield now. <laughs> You'll have to kick him off the Xbox. Well, well my, my, my name is Jay. <laughs> and today I, I paid for my first ever tuxedo. Oh, my gosh. I don't even know if I've ever paid for a tuxedo. <laughs> like, like you mean like not rented for a rental right? like, or you I, bought one? Brian and I each purchased tuxedos for oh my gosh ourselves. Which the actual tuxedo, while expensive, <laughs> uh, it feels like it's everything else that like adds up with it. So oh, like the cummerbund and the shirt and the like the you know the, the cufflinks and. Yes, or and the you have to get patent leather shoes and you have to, you know, blah 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 blah. So, you know, the you know, after after all the, the discounts, et cetera, my like my my pants and jacket were probably like four hundred and fifty dollars. Which yeah, is not, not awful, right? Awful, right. Um, I'm but only then, saying like, that because I recently not recently, but this year at least bought, you know, suits and suit pants oh you should have yeah uh so i'll I'll just take us clear off the the rails josh but uh (laughs) you you should have um so dillard's just closed out their ralph Lauren suit line oh geez well that's funny because that's where i got my stuff about a year ago for like basically going to be in session or whatever right yeah 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 so um like we bought about a month ago we bought suits that were on closeout and it was like they were like it was Ralph Lauren suits that were like two hundred dollars a piece. Jeez. Okay. But anyways, the the what I was also saying, continuing the story about the tuxedos. So like I, I didn't feel like, you know, the jacket and pants stuff was that that bad, but then, you know, the shirt is almost two hundred dollars, which Holy smokes. Yes. <laughs> I agree. And then that doesn't include like <laughs> we still have to get like studs and cufflinks and and then, you know, the stupid bow tie is going to be like $80 and, you know, et cetera. So I, I am, I just have to know, like, how much use do you believe that you will get I, out of this? 
I don't know. Currently, <laughs> okay. So is it more than two? Is it more than two? Like that's all I would ask. Oh yes, yes. Okay. We will we will definitely wear then... it more than twice, unless all right, you'll get either of us gain or lose a lot of weight. <laughs> in, oh yeah. In, I, I don't know that. what period of time, but like we already have. So let's say within the next year and a half, we probably have four or five events that we think we'll wear it too. So I mean, if you were if you were renting, I mean, all of a sudden four or five events, you're breaking even probably, right? Yeah. Well, oh yeah, yeah easy. I've, right. Yeah. I've I've never looked at tuxedo renting honestly because uh, uh, I have in it. It gets pretty expensive pretty quick, depending on the quality of tux that you get. Yeah, I believe you'll you'll, you'll spend. I mean, I, I think it you could feels have easily like, spent half of what you just suggested. You know, like I, I'll ad- yeah, I'll admit that I haven't rented a tux in a long time. In fact, it was um, with my first wife, and my I've been married to my current wife for almost 21 years now. So it's been a while, but I remember it being. I felt like 150 bucks at that. So in the late 90s, 150 bucks. For a single yeah, rental. Yeah. yeah. So I'm guessing it's probably uh, got to be 250, 300 now. I have no idea though. Yeah. There's also like, I've never, I've never used these services, obviously, but like a lot of the podcasts that I listen to advertise um, like online tux rentals that are supposed to be like super cheap and amazing quality. Oh, yeah. and That's possible. And, I mean, I'm sure those maybe things it is. help the price. Yeah. Yeah. But did you go local? Yeah, we just we just ordered them here at Dillard's. Impress. Oh, that's right. That's what you're saying. Hmm. <laughs> Which, <laughs> if it makes you feel any better, Jay, my car came this week, so I spent way more money than you did. Ah, that's true. You did. <laughs> wow. We are in a we are in a dark a dark timeline where I am probably the most frugal host of the week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cue the. I'm not rich. I'm just. I'm just. You know, irresponsible. Me. <laughs> that is a good reel. I do like that one. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't think you introduced yourself yet. You, we've been completely. Oh, geez, sorry. Uh, I'm Josh, and um, yeah, I mean, I just discovered that I could have been playing Starfield all this time, <laughs> but I don't pay attention to my subscriptions. So something, something. So you, there's an app for that, I think. So are you actually Be- going to play on your Xbox? No, I mean I don't think so. But like you'll just you'll just buy the game instead. No, I'll do the upgraded Game Pass thing or whatever. And why would why would you is, do that? Which is worse than buying the game, right? Like, yeah, but it won't yeah, feel worse than buying the game to begin with. Correct. You'll feel better about it. <laughs> yeah. I mean that's what I tell myself. I literally have never used Xbox Game Pass Ultimate until Starfield came out. But I tell myself that Starfield was free, even though I'm spending 17 bucks a month on my Xbox. Xbox I Game do Pass feel Ultimate. like you got the value out of it in this case, though. I mean, I think you can tell your little brain <laughs> that at least. Uh, cue the Thor meme. <laughs> Did I really? <laughs> we just watched Thor tonight. That was. Uh... Which one? The 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 original. Because my ten year old, we we mm. now have uh, you know we have relaxed. Oh, you've our given up on the PG thirteen thing. <laughs> oh yeah, did I not tell you guys this? No, we. No, we I did quit. not know about this. We changed the rule probably six months back or whatever, which shows you how pathetically slow we are at watching stuff. So he's done like Captain America and the first Iron Man and 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 I almost threw him out of the house because Iron Man's his favorite so far. And <laughs> I know. So because he loves the. Like, Totally the revolting. inventor tinker they they were we we were very diplomatic in how we presented it to them and they were like <laughs> they, they were like yeah we totally get it mom and dad you should you should just let him go and you know my my daughters have also they're not nearly as strict as i was now that they're starting to have their own families either so that that's probably part of it so is the is the diplomatic like did you sell it as he's the only one left so we're leaving him out to go watch these movies is that the way you sold yes. it Yes that that's 100% I'm, how we sold I it I think that's yeah. a pretty reasonable it's it's position. pretty legit I agree yeah it's you know it's the classic won't someone please think of the children argument <laughs> which has never been used for evil ever <laughs> uh, So yes so yes now we're up to Thor and I'm, 
even though we've relaxed the PG-13 uh, requirement, I'm trying to decide if I should relax the quality requirement because, you know, you go on Disney Plus and it is actually pretty handy that they're like, here is the here are the movies to watch in sequence, right, for the Infinity War saga or whatever. And I'm like, oof, you got Hulk on there? Like, I got to watch Hulk? Really? Yeah. <laughs> Does it, it doesn't have, it still doesn't have the Spider-Mans on there, right? They're still Sony only? Or did they add them? I can't remember if they made it. Oh, no, no, they don't show up on Disney+. Plus. That's a good point. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I should have him watch. But which one would you have him watch? I mean, for the... Well, you won't hit them for a while. No, because yeah, you, you oh, he's, not, he's not in the first Avengers, is he? Uh, yeah, no, he doesn't. Right. No, no, he doesn't show up until much later. Yeah. He or basically. I didn't think about that. I better... I had an internet site where I was, you know, checking them off, and then I, like got lazy tonight and pulled it up and i'm like oh disney just tells me what order i can watch them in yeah but yeah the hulk movies they're so bad so uh, I, I feel like i, I should don't just mind skip them that them. much but i don't mind them i don't think they're as bad as you remember but maybe they are well okay here's the the one that's bad is the one that has the hulk dogs which he wouldn't have to watch but the one with like uh i forget the actor's name is it edward edward norton yeah Norton. that one actually is pretty good and that's actually the one where leader technically happens too doesn't he like at the yeah, end and he's he's supposed to come back soon yeah which you know it's too bad that card got nerfed in marvel snap but whatever <laughs> he's making a little bit of a comeback he's still nerfed but there's some other cards out there that have made him strong so all right jay i trevor. took forever to introduce myself and now you can actually talk about Go no ahead. I'm, I'm gonna ask i'm gonna ask trevor a question instead okay <laughs> so um I, I'm curious. You, you, we've heard stories about uh, you um, breathlessly looking at your computer monitor as the as your car was making its way to you. Uh-huh. Um, but I, I guess I'm kind of curious what, what what your thoughts have been on the experience and is do you love your car as much as you hoped you would, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I don't know if that's a fair question this early. I mean, I literally picked it up two days ago or three days ago. Um, True. So it's only got 250 miles on it. Um, and most of those miles were the drive back from the dealer. So uh-huh. I had – it's – it's um, there's no dealer in Idaho Falls for – it's an Audi. And there's no Audi dealer in Idaho Falls. The clo- There are three dealers within three hours um, or three and a half hours, Boise, Salt Lake, and Bozeman. Um, I purchased it from Bozeman Audi. I will just say um, Max Ricci was my um, salesman he was fantastic if you're in the market for an audi and you're in the bozeman area you should check him out he was a great salesman and the dealership was great to work with um there were some issues along the way but i wouldn't say that that was their fault um you know 100 percent um but um i really enjoyed the whole process um and i'm quite happy with um with the car so far um, part of the problem is, is I bought a performance car and um, it's still in the break-in period, so I really can't like jump on it and give it everything yet. Wait, so, how long is the break-in period? I mean, that's so. This is you're getting into matters of opinion based on you know various manufacturers and mechanics. Well, and, I mean, just like I am with Baldur's Gate expert or Baldur's Gate three, you are the subject matter expert here, so it's sure. not like I'm going to argue with you. Sure. Uh, approximately, <laughs> approximately a thousand miles. Okay, interesting. All right, well that's not terrible. So, you know, they will tell you, um, you go, you baby it for the first, um, say 500 miles, and then when you get to 500 miles, you can, um, start pushing a little bit, but not up to redline. You'll, you know, if if you're babying it for the first 500 miles, you'll probably never get over, say, 3,000 RPM. Um, then you'll push it to say 4,000 RPM for a while, and you want to vary your speed a little bit, your your RPMs on the motor. Um, and then after you do that for say 100 miles, you push a little bit higher. And then when you get to you know um, 1,000 miles, you'll be willing to push it up to red light. Um, the truth is, is most passenger cars they never get over, they don't ever even get close to their red line. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, so, oh, yeah, okay. So the average person is never going to they're never going to put their car in a situation where it's being difficult or being difficult on the motor. Um, but a, a performance car, a, a, a you know, a motorhead, they're going to, they're going to push their car hard when it gets to that opportunity. And so, you know, basically the guidance is don't do that when you first get the car. You know, give it okay. A so here's my next pieces and parts to sort of wear in. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my next silly question. Like where will you be able to use it 
in its you know approaching red line mode like are there places you will take it that you will be able to do that yeah like all motorheads everywhere we go to mexico at night <laughs> and we and we we post to social media and say i'm here in mexico um i'm gonna test the top speed of my vehicle and uh and then at night and when we're he, done we, we go home he goes to the bonneville <laughs> Yeah, just a quick jaunt down to Mexico. It's, it's really no problem. Okay. Now I, I I have a brief understanding of what's going on. Here. Okay. <laughs> I can't say any more than that. We're not behind the paywall. Yeah. No, no, that's fine. Very there, vaguely, there, do I there now could, There could be people listening within earshot who are, you know, local <laughs> law enforcement who have to uphold the laws of the local land. You know, that's why we, you know, we obey that. Go to Mexico to do the things that we mm-hmm, do. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, how 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 is Melissa liking the car? Has has she? Uh, She's not even been in it. Accepted that that uh, you're. I, I I remember you saying that like you guys had a a disagreement at one point over uh, your love the wisdom cars. of this purchase. <laughs> uh, um, yes. Um, so uh, here's what happened. So. Um, for a long time, we didn't have enough money for me to go out and buy the cars I wanted. Um, about, what was it? About 10 years ago, a little more than 10 years ago. Um, I, I'd owned sports cars before her, but once we started having kids, it really wasn't feasible. Um, once we started getting enough money that I could buy a sports car, I bought a, a 2010, um, Camaro SS and, um, you know, she was fine with it at the time. Uh, we had enough money to buy it. It wasn't really putting us out. And I'd also put enough money away to, um, you know, assuage her fears. Like I had enough money just in savings off to the side to say, yeah, we could, I can cover payments for a few months from what we've got sitting over here. Like I just had enough set aside. So there was no financial burden um, if things went awry for a little while. And so she was okay with that, and she enjoyed the car, and we had a lot of fun with it. We would take it out on date night and stuff like that. And it was a, but it, one of the things was, is it was a, a summer only car. I had a, a different car that I drove during the winter, and honestly, I didn't drive it that much even during the summer. I kind of babied it a lot, um, and during the winter, it got parked in a in a garage all winter long. Um, so she grew a little weary of having a car that didn't really do anything. So um, at some point, um, my oldest had to have braces. Um, the car was, had a lot of value still in it. Um, I hadn't driven it a lot and the value hadn't dropped as much as I'd paid it down from the loan. And so we ended up selling the car and I used the money to kind of take care of the braces and a few other problems we were having at the time financially. Um, I regretted that sale and I always have, um, uh, really missed it, but I put up with it for a few years. And then a few years later, I ended up get, jumping back into a sports car. And I had that sports car for about six or seven months, sold it um, and bought another sports car, um, a, a, uh, a Golf R, um, which I had for quite a while. I really loved my Golf R. It was a fantastic car. And it was unlike all the previous cars I had purchased. It was a four door with all wheel drive. I could drive it all winter. And my wife was much happier with that purchase because um, if I needed to, I could take the kids. I didn't have to park it during the winter. She felt like, you know, it wasn't wasted. Um so when I decided to sell that car because I was working at home and I was never driving, dri- driving it, the uh, 2021, I put 300 miles on it. And, and so it felt like I was spending a lot of money on insurance and the car and it was never being driven because I, I worked home, at home daily. And um, so I said, you know what, I'm just going to sell it and we'll take the money and we'll put it away. I sold the car for more than what I bought it for because in 2021, 2020, sorry, I sold it in 2022. Because of the market. The right? market yeah. in 2022. Yeah. Because you're a genius. I was crazy weird. Like I sold it, I sold it for like three grand over what I paid for it, MSRP. And the guy I sold it to sold it for four grand more than what I paid. But oh he gosh. bought it for me. Yeah, and when he got it, he was a dealer. When he got it, he turned it around so fast. He literally had it on the lot for less than four days. I, it just the whole process blew my mind. Yeah, but that anyway, feels like crazy town banana pants. Yeah, so I had a, a fairly reasonable chunk of money because I've been paying on it for multiple years, and you know I didn't mm-hmm. have a very long loan on it, so I had a big chunk of money. And and I and shortly after I sold it, 
um, I changed jobs and I went from being a full-time work at home teleworking person to somebody who has to go into the office four days a week. And I'm like, oh crap, now I got to get a car. And, and I was like, oh, well, I'd really like to have, you know, the car that I originally wanted, but I couldn't afford at the time, the car that I have now. How? So anyway, I decided I'm going to buy that. And during that whole process, my wife kind of turned to me and she said, and I, I said, do you have a problem with me buying this car? And she's like, no, you know, I'm fine with it as long as, you know, we pay it off and we're done buying cars. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I was like, like um, that's not going to fly. I'm like, we will pay off our house. We will pay off all our braces. We'll pay off all of our loans. We'll pay off everything. But I will always have a house or car payment. Like, I, it's just the way I am. I will turn that car around once it's paid off, if I even make it that far, and I will buy another car. And generally, it will be something bigger and better. I will work my way up. And that turned into a knockdown, drag-out fight. It was, in 21 years of marriage, we have never fought like that. In fact, we we hardly ever fight. But this, this has been, it has been a, a thing of contention to this day. Like, we just don't bring it up. We don't talk about it. She's angry about me she in her mind her vision of her adulthood was you get married you have kids you buy a house you pay off your house you retire you use the money that you've saved up your entire life to retire and enjoy a nice debt-free retirement right and that you're not paying on a house for forever you're not paying on your cars for forever her mother has had still owns a 1995 um honda civic with like 400,000 miles on it or something. Um, so that's kind of her vision of what we would do. And I think she sort of assumed that, you know, if we had to buy a car at that point, we'd buy something cheap and we'd pay cash for it. And that is not my vision of my life. <laughs> <laughs> I can see myself paying cash for things, but I would definitely be buying. I honestly, if I had $150,000 right now to pay, um, to pay on a car i would pay that much on a car but i would still have a note on it because i'd be buying a lamborghini or something i would have a you know <laughs> I would be going into the bank and saying i have one hundred fifty thousand dollars down how much more can you give me <laughs> that's 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 the way i am i i want the next big car and i dealt with crappy cars for a, a lot of our marriage because we had kids and it was really all we could afford yeah but i I live in a different position at this point in my life. You know, I'm getting older. I have a better job. My kids are getting better. And, and you know, it's easier to accomplish these things as it is in everyone's life as you get older. So anyway, I don't know. The topic has not come up, but it will return. When this car is <laughs> sold, we will have the same argument because she doesn't understand. She thinks, in her mind, I just bought the car my you know the car my dreams which i did the the current dream the part she doesn't understand is that i have dreams beyond those dreams i just can't can't afford those dreams one of one of the two of you does not understand i'm not sure (laughs) which one (laughs) (laughs) i can't uh it it is kind of in a tangentially related car story uh we recently so we we have uh before the pandemic Brian got a Toyota Avalon and it's a very is, nice is car. The, is the Avalon their their nice is their biggest sedan, right? Uh so it's discontinued now. Oh, but was it the biggest sedan? It was it was their it's it's the closest that they have to um a luxury car, I would say. Okay. How come and we didn't buy a Lexus? Just curious. Um, I mean, part of it is Other that than we don't have a Lexus dealer around. Yeah. So two reasons, um, we don't really have a Lexus dealer around here. And he also like a lot of the Lexuses have it's so Brian's a really big, like dashboard guy and okay. info center, et cetera. Like uh-huh. it's an important part of the aesthetic of the car to him. Uh huh. Okay. Okay. And the Lexuses all have like this, what he considers a stupid analog clock in the middle of their dashboard. Yes. It's supposed to be their luxury. Their nod to luxury. Yes. And so he <laughs> thinks that's stupid and uh, he does not want, um, and he, he, he does not feel luxurious when he gazes upon it, the analog it, clock. He feels like that ruins the aesthetic of the car. Uh, also, the dealership that we usually work with down in Pocatello, they said that, like they they can't do any service work on 
Oh, flexes. really? Yeah. That actually surprises me. Yeah. Huh. So, I, so oh, I, it makes me wonder if the Volkswagen dealer here will do work on my Audi, but I'm assuming there's going to be similar. They won't. They definitely can't Probably. do. They can't do um, warranty work. I know that for right. certain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if I want them to do something, you know, uh, else that I'm paying for, I'm curious whether they'll do it. So the the whole point of the story was um, we we got this right before the pandemic, uh-huh. a little bit before it, and then the pandemic hits, and you know our lifestyles change, um, and we just don't. Brian, Brian likes to he prefers us driving around town with me driving and me driving the larger vehicle and him the passenger and so so you're really only using one vehicle we're we're really only using one vehicle and so we recently paid the last payment on this car and i i what's your guess on how many miles are on and we've on this car, we've had it long enough that we, I, I think we had like a five-year note on it, something like that. So is it a You've had it longer than five notes? Five years? Sorry. Uh, no, we just barely paid it off. It's, it's about. I feel like the farthest you guys ever drive is like to Salt Lake to fly to Disneyland. Except for, do you even do that? You probably fly out of Idle Falls, don't you? Yeah, we 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 never fly out of, we, we, we will go to Pocatello to fly out of there sometimes. All right, I'm going to guess 50,000, but I think it's, I think my guess I is think high. you're way way too high but i i still was curious is it a 2019 a 2018 i think it's 2020, a 2019 2019 i think, I think so. um so i'm going to guess um 15,000 miles okay well if this was the price is right you both overbid <laughs> whoa trevor overbid at 15,000 yes i was i was actually i was i was purposely bidding just a little bit high cuz i i didn't think that but i thought oh maybe he does drive around town enough to hit that but so holy mama freaking jama i'm so, impressed it's in, got like it's got like 9800 miles on it so this car that i sold the golf r had um 6000 miles on it when i sold it last year and mine it was a 2019 as well yeah so he drives uh, a similar amount that I, to what in, i in comparison my tundra is just about to hit 50000 miles and it was purchased the same year it was purchased later. It was it was purchased um, like kind of during the pandemic when oh, we were okay. like, oh, we can't we can't fly anywhere. We're gonna go camping. And oh so yeah. We we bought a Tundra to be able to tow a trailer. So uh, and I I mean the Tundra's fine. It's too big and its gas mileage sucks. But but it also has a zero percent note on it, and so. It's tough to convince myself uh, that we should get something else. Um, so why don't you, I mean, I guess you could park the Tundra, buy the vehicle you want by trading in the Avalon. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what we need to do, and and what Brian's, well, we would potentially trade in both vehicles. The issue is that really the vehicle that we would want is a Forerunner. Uh-huh. And Brian wants to wait until the hybrid version comes out. That doesn't have a solid date yet, so. I've been hearing bad things about the hybrid um, uh, Tundra and uh, Sequoia. Oh, interesting. One of the one of the things he's been considering is a hybrid Sequoia, but yeah, like the, 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 the rumors are, whatever. Yeah, the rumors are that the hybrid system, it, it, the vehicle weighs too much, and the hybrid system really doesn't do anything, and so they're oh, getting like really bad gas mileage. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, especially if you're doing anything with them, um, that's the rumor that's sort yeah, of yeah. Run, running around the car world. Yeah. Anyway. Um, like basically you're downgrading from a V8 to a V6 with a hybrid and you're getting worse gas mileage is basically what's what the, the rumor mill is saying. Uh, yeah, that seems less effective. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I guess some. News and announcements with Discount Games, Inc. Uh, the Space Marines pre-sales for the new edition are live. They're doing two weeks of pre-sales, so you can still get your stuff while it's hot um, and get your pre-orders in to make sure that uh, I'm able to pre-order the right amount so that you can uh, kick 
a lot of butt with with your space marines. Um, so we didn't have an episode last week, and that's somewhat related to an, another topic I was going to say. But um, so Brian and I are we had our we're having so we're having kind of two 10th anniversary celebrations, uh, like you do, I guess. But the the main reason why so. Brian and I got married 10 years ago at gay days at Disneyland, but they, um, and he was, he was very strategic in planning this because he, he wanted a good reason for us to, you know, the tradition would be every year we would go back to Disneyland during gay days to celebrate our anniversary. And so it was a, a, a good plan to, uh, convince me to, to take him each year. I thought you were going to say to become a Disney junkie, but same, I mean that same, too. Same. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then after the pandemic, they moved gay days from the first week in October when it had always been to the middle of September because Disney wanted them to move it because September was slower than October. And so they wanted to you know, essentially do some load management. So last week I went to Disneyland and um, did I, I don't, I don't think I, did I send you guys pictures of, um, of the trip? Not yet. No, no. I don't think so. No, I don't, I don't know if I even told you this part, but uh, we planned it. So there's a normally um, if you're staying on property at Disneyland, the room rates are, are, pretty ridiculous uh, if i'm being honest um like the the most expensive hotel uh is you with taxes you're probably looking at you know 850 900 a night a night a night yeah which is a lot for those yes. <laughs> playing at home <laughs> so uh our our dear friend aaron well uh a few years ago he did a trip with us to disneyland and he was wanting to come to uh, the States and bring his girlfriend and her son with him. And he was interested in doing Disneyland with them. And I told them, well, you, you should consider going during gay days because they, they do a convention rate on the hotel. And it'll be, you know, about half as much as, as the normal um, rate. And so instead of being, you know, Nine hundred dollars. You're looking more at four hundred, four hundred and fifty, which is still a lot, but much, much less than the normal rate. So uh, we we went. He he came with us, um, and we spent the whole whole trip as his. He was there with uh, his his family, etc. And the, is this the first time he's been? No, he went. So a few years ago, him and Chili Winters did a trip to Disneyland before. So he had, he'd experienced it there and he knew he wanted to take his family and, and they all, we all had an amazing time. Um, but one of the things I got to do that I was, um, excited about there's, there aren't too many things at Disneyland that are like still on my bucket list of things that I haven't done. Okay. Um, but I, I did manage to, do one of them that trip with Aaron. And so there is around Disneyland, the perimeter of it is, is the Disneyland railroad. And it's, it's, it's pretty fun to, it has four stops. Um, and it's, it's fun to get on the train and just, you know, ride the train around the perimeter of the park and, and people watch and, you know, et cetera. So, this that's fun time, but uh, one of the things that uh, I had never done before was there is a caboose that is on uh, the railroad that the stars kind of have to align in order for you to be able to ride it. You have to know a connection in order to uh, even get a chance to ride it. It's not really open to the general public per se, um, and it's not air conditioned, and so the weather has to be just right. If it's like too hot or too cold, then they won't let guests on because it's not 
temperature controlled and uh, they have to have the right staff working in order to host people on the the caboose and so the it hurts my my brain to conceive of all this (laughs) and so we've we've had a lot of trips where we've we've you know tried to do it and and the stars haven't aligned but it did did happen this last trip um and some history on it that's that's kind of interesting is that um it it was actually so after walt disney died they decided that they needed they would like to have some sort of train vehicle uh for people to be able to ride it who they considered vips and so they came up with the idea of this caboose and lillian disney who was walt's wife is the person who decorated it and so it's it's still decorated. I mean, obviously, they've had to replace stuff, et cetera, but it's still decorated in in the style that um, she initially decorated it in. Um, and it's had, you know, people like the Emperor of Japan have have ridden it, or other people like that. Um, and it was it was just a fun experience to uh, finally finally be able to do that. The name of the caboose is the Lily Bell, um, and so it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's kind of cool that we got to do that on uh, the first of our two uh, anniversary trips. And it and was, was the decor markedly different? Um. Oh, one second. I'll I'll send you. Oh well. Some pictures. Um. But it is. I mean, I guess in general, the the train is mostly um you know wooden benches and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And so the caboose is um, much more, you know, it, I, I guess I don't know what the, the era of, of the design is Victorian, maybe, I don't know. Um, but it has like drapes and old timey furniture. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I don't, yeah. I don't know what to say about that. I like it. I like the velvet, description. velvet chairs. Yes. etc. And then as a, Memento. Everyone who rides the Lily Bell, they give a a ticket to that um, has um, acts like a like it was a ticket stub for the Lily Bell, and they give that to well, you. Yeah, you you are the literal real deal at this point. <laughs> yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that is pretty cool. Yeah. So Josh, we have a short pitch that we were going to do this episode yes i'm ready to pitch okay so uh i suggested this book and i had i i did it on a fly because i i one of the news sites i read talked about how this author was um coming out with a new book i'd never heard of the author and she said the off the person who wrote the article said that it was uh, kind of a foundational young adult book for her. And I'd been kind of in a reading slump or rut. And so I thought that maybe reading something young adult would kickstart the engine. Um, and so I enjoyed Which it. Is the fact that you're now reading tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow, should that tell me that the engine has now been kickstarted? Well, one of the, I've, and, and yes, but also another thing that I've been doing well, two things that I've been doing related to, to reading that have helped. Uh, one, I left some of the Discord groups that I had been just like wasting a fair bit of time in. Okay. <laughs> and instead of uh, wasting time on Discord, I'm reading a little bit more. Um, but the other thing I've been doing is I've been asking people to give me book recommends. And so it encourages me to actually get through reading stuff because I want to, I guess I, I enjoy reading things that are important to my friends because okay, sure. it, it helps me understand them better and it gives us something to talk about. Uh, it's all, it's a way to connect with the person. Um, and so I feel like that gave me additional motivation to, um, to read more as well. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that other book in a, in a second. Um, but 
I, I'm curious, Josh. So I've done some setup on the book. How would you describe the book and what are your thoughts on it? So I will start by saying that my eldest daughter, when she found out that we were considering pitching or reviewing this, leapt for joy because she said this like literally was a foundational book right. for her adolescence. She loves it. It's one of her favorites. Um, the book feels very much to me like a modern long form fairy tale, like, yes. and, uh, but not a dark one. Like, yes. Sorry, Hans Christian Andersen, like the, the little mermaid's not slitting her own throat in this one, baby. <laughs> so, uh, but that's really what it felt like to me. I'm like, Oh but yeah, this, and I actually think I've read a, uh, I'm I'm like 99% sure that I read it years ago, and so this was kind of a fun revisit, which I don't do that often, you know, to revisit. The, the other thing, the other thing that I thought was really interesting about this book is that it was initially published in 1990, and it it feels to me that it was pretty far ahead of its time. Yeah, I didn't even look at the published date. That's a great point, and I would agree with that. I so, so when you pitched this, I thought you were I thought that it was a recent book, a new book. No, no. It is no, yeah. So it was the the person who who I read this article of, she was like, you know, I read Dealing with Dragons as a little girl, and it was such an important book to me, and now this author all these years later, she has written another book. Um, and so that was, you know, kind of my clue as to how old it was. Um, but it's a part of why I say that it, it feels ahead of its time is that a lot of the, it feels to me that a lot of the themes are things about like, you know, a young girl can do whatever she wants or become whatever she wants. And she, she shouldn't let societal expectations dictate what she wants to do and it also um there's some of some of the stuff that like the movie frozen kind of does making fun of like you know instantly falling in love with someone you just met or uh, things like that where it's making fun of uh well, frankly those tropes or expectations the, the tropes the tropes of the disney movies yes yeah you're right um it it feels like this book spends quite a bit of time making fun of in, and not in like, I would say a mean spirited way, but more of a humorous one. Yeah. Like sort of sardonically, like really? You know, yeah. It's, yeah. It's like, it's asking the question in that way. Yeah. Um, how, how long would you, so it's, it's around 210 pages long. It's for the younger end of young adults, I would say. Yes. Yeah. It's very family safe. Like, you know, I mean, I guess unless you're not into this idea that girls can do whatever they want and <laughs> anyway, yeah, it, it just came, it felt very family safe to me. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the one caveat, I, I guess I feel like you were about to ask me like how long, how long, how long did it take you to, take to, read? to read? Right. Yeah. 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 Like I, I think I knocked it out in, in a, a good, four or five hours yeah Um, the the only caveat i was going to add to that though is that and i just feel like we should warn the listeners of this is this is a series yeah and so you might it's the first of four books yeah you might get sucked in and be like well i I need some more dragons of this of this type you know asap and so you may be reading a little longer than that is all i'm suggesting yeah and it actually this was I think book four in the series was the first one that was written in the series. And then uh, dealing with dragons was written as like a prequel that fleshed out some of the characters that were, Well, I didn't realize that really. Yeah. It it talks about that uh, in the introduction that uh, it sounds like you skipped. I probably skipped. Yeah. I'm, I have a mixed relationship with introductions. Okay. Well, like I randomly I wish skipped I could them. skip them. I <laughs> I don't know why I'm like listening to the audiobook of Mary Robinette Qual has a um oh short story collection I guess you would call it called Word Puppets and um Patrick Rothfuss writes the introduction and normally I would skip it cuz cuz I'm kind of irritated with him. 
Because um, it takes a long ride. Yeah, okay, that's <laughs> fine. So, and and I've only really read the first of his books, I think, and I, then I'm like, I'm you're I'm like you're not Robert Jordaning me. I'm stepping away from this and I'm never coming back. However, his introduction to Mary Robinette Qualls book was like just absolutely hilarious and really well done. And um, anyway, so like I said, I'm totally hit and miss with introductions. But okay, so this was this was a prequel to the whole series then kind of thing. Yeah, I think I think book four was actually the first book that was was written, and that it it, it is. I would recommend the introduction in this one. It, it was interesting. Um, the author talked about like the creative process with these books and how long it took her to write them and what it was like writing them, et cetera. And, and I thought that was all uh, pretty interesting. That is cool. So um, Josh, what would, what would you say is the target audience slash what's your recommendation or grade on the book? Target audience. Gosh, I feel like, so it's interesting because um, my wife picked this right up as soon as I finished it and started reading it with, our 10 year old. Yeah. And I feel like, I feel like, so that's like fifth grade ish. I feel like fifth grade to, you know, seventh grade is probably where you're going to get your most enjoyment out of this thing. Uh huh. Um, as far as grade, have like, they, have they been, s- have they been enjoying it? Yeah. 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 I think, I think they've enjoyed it quite a bit more than the last book I had recommended to him, which was the graveyard book, which I don't know. I don't know why that one didn't hit, but you, you just can't win them all. <laughs> I guess that's true. Uh, yeah, I think they're. I think they're enjoying it. The thing about it, the thing about it is like it, it's paced really well. The chapters are not like overly long, right? And yeah, yeah. And it almost it's not always cliffhangers, but you're just always like, oh well, I'm, I gotta find out what happens, and you know, tomorrow. Like she just had that conversation with this other princess, and I gotta know what happens now, you know. So it does a really good job of that. I mean, I'm trying to think of a, a reason to to ding it, right? Like. But honestly, as as a young adult novel, like I think it, I think it deserves an easy nine. Like I'm trying to think about it. it, it the only thing it might risk is sort of overdoing the like poking fun at other things, right? Mm. Like yeah, I can see that. And, and and so that's maybe the only slight caution I, I would give, and the only reason I maybe wouldn't give it a ten. And you know, trying to think what my ten young adult novels are besides The Hobbit, anyway. You know, I'm sort of curious. Um, my daughter is is a voracious reader like her mother and um i there was multiple times when she was about this age group where i asked you know a lot of people in my life you know other fellow nerds about right. you know, book, yeah. book recommendations and yeah, this never yeah, once yeah. got recommended yeah i i had never heard of this before i um before i read that article yeah speaking of which when my daughter turned 17 we said we finally said okay you can read the dresden files and uh, uh, she's on the now She's on book 12 now. She's ahead of you, basically, is what you're telling us. I've read them all <laughs> twice. <laughs> uh, I just entertain myself a little too much sometimes. She's she's taken quite a few breaks, but when she catches one of the... the she's continued, you know, every, you know, but anytime she'll take... Every once in a while she'll take a break, but then every once in a while she'll come back to them. And there's certain books that have really caught her like it caught her attention and she started reading them um, and not put it down for a while. And she, book 12 changes is obviously one of the better in the series. And she's like, I'll walk around the house, like where's my daughter? And I'll find her in the darkest corners of the house <laughs> curled up. That's funny. Yeah. Okay. Which as a brief aside, um, does he have a new series coming out? Like he has another book coming out very soon. And it didn't look it was, like it's the Aeronauts it was... Windlass series but is that what it was, is i thought there was one in the aeronauts wind list but i don't know just i just don't know no more i know that i know they're just mortal they're just mortals in the end but i just need a steady i just need a steady books. production oh you didn't that surprised me like the aeronauts wind list was fun it's no it's no dresden files yeah i i guess um is that that's his only other uh, series or no is there no he has the whole uh codex alara which is the roman the Romans get Roman lost Empire. in fantasy land, basically. Yeah, mixed with magic. Huh. Which, that seems like you're the target audience for that description, Trevor, but... Uh-huh. But you don't think so? Not for me? I don't know. I, I, I It's been long enough since I read them. I, I, I did be, enjoy them. 
It'd the be interesting just, to reread them. Yeah, the internet is not like super fond of them. It feels like to me. I think part of that is that they just wanted more Dresden files. Yeah, they wanted them him to not be writing other things. And it wasn't, and it wasn't the Dresden files. Sure, but, I could see that. Okay, that makes sense. So uh, um, to, to wrap, one thing I'll I'll say in closing with dealing with dragons. Oh yes, and after your closing, I do have a brief update on Starfield. You know, because I think everybody deserves that. It's been a real journey here. Okay. <laughs> uh, so even though none of us, well, Josh maybe I guess had heard of this book before I read this article, um, that the article called it a you know a young adult classic, and you know after I read the book, I was like you know I can I feel like it's it's worthy of that title i feel like so my my 10 year old right now is you know it's hard to get him to, to read yeah uh, and um i have to kind of find the right series and then he'll latch on to it um he the last series he really latched on to and and wouldn't put down was maze runner um and i just he already read last kids on earth out of curiosity um I know he. I'm not sure. His older brother did, and we have them sitting on the shelf. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Because my ten year old just didn't. picked those back up, and so I'm like, I'm wondering if they've got value again. Um, yeah, I don't know. His older brother read them. Uh, I'm not hmm. sure if he's read them or not. And, okay. Uh, I struggled to get him to read it all, so I yeah, just yeah. Kinda, I just kind of take shots at him and hope that it, some of them stick. Um, he did he did enjoy City of Ember, the first book in that series, but then the second and third books really kind of didn't keep him going as much as I hoped. Okay. Um, and right now he's on a kind of a chess kick, so he's chosen to read my chess tactics books that I had sitting on the shelf. Jeez. And they're okay. they're really thick and deep, and um, I don't know why he's reading them. I think he's doing it to avoid reading. Um, so he pretends that he's reading these chess books, but he is actually interested in chess. So I'm wondering, you know, how much he's getting out of them. But uh, I would really like to get him back to the point where he's, you know, reading something more um, where he actually has to read. Because a lot of the chess books are um, you know, breakdowns of games. With yeah, yeah. And other yeah, yeah. Like that. They're not they're sure. not traditional reading. Yeah. Uh, so before we before we get to your update, Josh, uh, one other book to talk about that will likely do is either a pitch in the future or a review and that if, if people want to uh, start reading it now um, this was another book that a friend had recommended it to me the name of it is Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zavin and it evidently won the Goodreads Choice Award for winner of Best Fiction 2022 um, but it's a story about two gamers named Sam and Sadie that um, they they create some video games together, and it's the story of them collaborating together. Um, and it is, I think, one of the things that's interesting about the book is that they have a deep relationship with each other. But there's a lot of there's a lot of books that are written from kind of a heroic viewpoint and this is more it goes through their life and talks about their miscommunications or their jealousies or the things that they struggled with while collaborating um and it may be um that my description maybe doesn't do justice to it but it is what i will say is i'm hooked after chapter one but i am deeply nervous about at least one of these characters about my feelings. <laughs> okay, so what? The end. What? What would you say set the hook? So I, uh, I recommended this to Josh, and he's picked it up. Well, I, honestly, what's funny is what for me set the hook. I mean, you, the writing's really, really excellent. Uh, I, and I mean, that's just one chapter, but like, right. what for me set the hook was the end of that first chapter, which I, you know, just kind of his reaction to her, well, his and his roommate's reaction to her. Um, game right i i just thought i'm like okay now i really gotta know more right but yeah and it does it does feel like you know these 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 two main characters are deep nerds that love computer games and i feel like it does do a good job it doesn't feel inauthentic in that aspect yeah yeah like it doesn't kind of 
uh, well, I'm just going to, it doesn't feel like this is someone from the outside. Yeah. And it doesn't feel like, um, you know, what's the stupid, uh, Oh, the the TV show, the TV show. Yeah. um, (laughs) Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yes. Um, Anyway, I am nervous, and I cannot remember the name of the series. You remember there's a series that came out a few years ago? That, thank you, Big Bang Theory. No, so uh, the series I was trying I, to think I, of. Are you going to say The Magicians? Yes. Okay. Are you, so, so, are you far enough ahead of me that you can tell me if it's going to go that grim? It is not. Okay. So that was actually a comparison that I was somewhat going to make in that it does feel a little bit like it's people it's giving, like the video game version of the magician it's realistic people but it's not they're not as yeah. awful but as the, the magicians were not realistic they were they they were too awful they went beyond that's what i felt like i felt like and that's that. fair that's fair that's why i never made it past the first book of that trilogy so yeah i right. i don't i do not so i guess i will be very curious to hear your opinion josh but i i do not feel that it comes anywhere close to the levels that the magicians do and i i feel like it pulls it off a lot more successfully good excellent i'm excited i mean i was already excited but you know here we go so okay. do you finished this book i i have about so there's 400 pages in it i've got about 30 pages left okay i'll, I'll finish it tonight all right well if it's 400 so pages it's, i need to start last week if i'm gonna catch up it's it's <laughs> possible that it won't stick the landing but i uh, i feel confident that it's gonna be, it's yeah. just a standalone right like it's not my a, knowledge yeah not, okay yeah yeah i it does make me a little bit curious to i'm so mad i've i i looked up the magicians again and it just, just <laughs> makes me mad sorry to check out uh other um novels by this author but anyways uh all so right josh update. i ready for an update i have the full xbox game pass i have the xbox app installed on my computer this is on my laptop which i'm currently recording on i am currently 38 gigabytes short of what i would need to install starfield so it <laughs> will have to wait because oh, you have other games you have to you have to install. I think because Baldur's Gate is the current whore of of st- space on my computer on my laptop. I mean, I really have most everything else uninstalled off of it. So. Oh. Um. Yeah. I mean, Baldur's Gate is huge. It's Starfield's big, but I think Baldur's Gate is bigger. I do too. I yeah. I think I think basically I had done this exercise a couple good, weeks good, ago to install Baldur's news. Gate three. Good news, you you paid for this expensive subscription, and now you're never going to install the game. <laughs> <laughs> when I get home, I'm going to put it on my desktop so I cannot play it on my desktop. Okay, don't okay. worry. Okay, excellent. This plan has no flaws. <laughs> now, if I can get Baldur's Gate three installed on my Steam Deck and it works, then I will uninstall it from my laptop. I've heard that it doesn't, but I. I don't know for certain. It, yeah, it's Steam Deck verified, but that doesn't mean anything necessarily. So, no. uh, do, would you like to identify if a dad joke was heck yeah, uh, I would by a human or um, skimmed from the internet by an AI? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm not going to claim authoring by AIs anymore. But um, all right, well, this one is seasonal. So, uh, do you do the two of you know why the Scarecrow won an award? I do not. It was because he was outstanding in his field, Jay. <laughs> See? Outstanding? Get it? <laughs> All right. Now the question of the uh, to close the show, of course. AI or human? Well, I've seen that one lots of places that by humans, so I've got to assume that it was human and or stolen by AI from a, another human. All right. Jay, would you like to I'll, I, I will concur with Trevor. Yes, well, you are correct. It was stolen by AI. <laughs> but it still cracks me up. <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's wrap it up there and uh, let us know what you guys think of uh, dealing with dragons or cars or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we did wander far afield there, didn't we? <laughs>